In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. So today, I know we've talked about like flat earth as a conspiracy oh theory and we've <laughs> Just talked jumping about jumping right in. <laughs> yes. And we've talked about conspiracy theories kind of when they are germane to whatever we're talking about on a given day. And I mm-hmm. thought I'd ask you if you had a favorite type of conspiracy mm. theory or well, not type, a favorite conspiracy theory. Ooh, oh gosh. There's so many. I love I love a conspiracy theory. And I love, to be clear, ones that are not harmful to anyone. <laughs> yes. Because I, I was cons- thinking about my answer and I was like, the key is that there's no real fallout. There's no harm. <laughs> yeah. There's nobody there's not I, I'm not into conspiracies. I mean, there are a few that I could like dabble into that probably are harmful and untrue. But I, you know, I'm not gonna. Be, I won't be specific, but there are ones that are literally harmful to people who have been killed and la la la. So right, I'm not right. on that train. But I love a good. Um, I don't think this one is harmful, but I love a good Katy Perry is Jean Benet Ramsey. Love that. Yes, one. yes. Um, I was gonna say the ones that seem the least harmful to me are the celebrity conspiracy yeah. theory. I love a sure. good lizard people. I mean, I love the like celebrities as lizard people. That's fun. Um, the problem with that though is like celebrities as lizard people totally fine. The problem is that the lizard people part of that opens the door into some of the more damaging conspiracy oh, really? theories. Oh. Yeah. Maybe because- I don't even know some of the more damaging ones. Yeah, because the lizard people thing is like, it's one thing to think that, um, like, so who who are some of the people that they think are lizard people? Like Zendaya? Justin, Bie- Justin Bieber, I know, I've heard. Okay. Um, so, like, they, but there's also long been arguments that Obama is a lizard person. Oh, is it racist? It's not necessarily, no. It's okay. more that, like... It's one thing to think that certain celebrities are lizard people and and that's kind of the end of the story. But lizard yeah. people as a conspiracy theory typically starts turning into they are here as like the front lines, the vanguard of mm. an upcoming invasion. Oh. And they're okay, okay. they're preparing us to like not notice Mm. what's going to happen when they finally invade or got it or sometimes correspondingly they are doing things to us that are basically like 
what we do when we breed animals for feeding. You know, like that, like, so for example, you could get like lizard people and the COVID vaccine as like some sort of combined situation. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, I'm not all about that. But I just know, like, I've seen funny videos where they've like shown Justin Bieber in a, uh, in an interview and they show his eyes blinking sideways. (laughs) Of or, course, you know, like his of course di- people dilating or whatever. Um, so I like that. I also one that I heard recently. I don't know if I like it, but it's just kind of like bizarre. Is that tree stumps or mountains are old tree stumps? It's very strange. Wait, um, what? <laughs> it doesn't really make sense. I don't know that I get it. I just heard other people talking about it. Cause and all it is, it's very stupid. Now, when you say you heard other people talking about it, do you mean you heard it with your ears? And it was being discussed by friends of yours. No, it was on another podcast where they were talking about conspiracy theories. Gotcha. (laughs) And then I did happen to see some posts on social media where people were like, see, this tree stump looks like this mountain. And I don't know. Like, it's a very, that one's stupid. (laughs) Um, But I I also love a good, like, we're all living in a simulation. I like that. Sure. Yeah. I do also Mandela effect I know isn't quite a conspiracy, but it's kind of in that same family, but I do like the Mandela effect as a theory or an idea. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think I'm in the same camp where I like, so for me, the celebrity. I can't think of many other good ones. Yeah. The celebrity conspiracy theories are great. Like for example, I think one of the ones that I've enjoyed is the argument that, uh, Avril Lavigne is not really Avril Lavigne that the real Avril Lavigne died like years ago right as she was getting into popularity and oh. the person who is quote unquote Avril Lavigne is like her body double that they were I like love that I mean can you imagine a world where you think the Al- Avril Lavigne juggernaut is so powerful that you're like we can't that stop they this had to train do that. We've got to get this woman to pretend to be here so we can keep making those sweet, sweet Canadian dollars. Like I, that's that is wild. Well, I mean, you've heard obviously. Then in that same vein is Lindsay Lohan's twin who died. Oh sure. Wait. So is it now? Wait. The theory, is it that the theory, the the- she the ate it is, in the womb? Is that what no, we're no, saying? no, no, no. That she was in Parent Trap. Oh, as when a, she was in actual trap, set of twins. The, they were actual twins and one of them died in a car accident and then they like covered that up and just pretended like it was always only just her. So I mean, that, that makes no sense, but I love it. That, yeah, because that supposes that like these twin girls, Lindsay and... I don't even know if they've ever Lulu made up a fake name for Or whatever. <laughs> um, filmed this whole movie uh-huh. and then between when filming ended and when this like went out to the public lulu got killed in a car wreck yeah and so then they were like it's just easier to pretend as though it's one girl yeah because i think they i think the idea is that the movie would have failed if we're like all watching a dead kid do you know what i mean like i mean i guess i mean i don't know I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying I, I'm not saying I believe it, but I like it because it's weird. Yeah, I mean, I like that's also a kind of a weird one in the sense that like we're going to be too bummed out about the dead kid to want to go see. That's not true at all. There's so many movies where somebody dies like during production yeah, that's like true. The Crow. 
Um, or that fucking That's terrible true. thing that Heath Ledger was in right before he died. Um, yeah. Whoa, shots fired. But like, yeah, I guess. So I don't know what the reasoning was, why they decided to do that. But like, you know, and all people's explanation of it now is, oh, look how much Lindsay struggled as she grew up. You know, she was really tortured by this because she couldn't tell this secret. It's just, you know, it's all. Oh, I'm not I believe it's the it, but. fake twin that died that tortured her not the whole being a child actor thing of it all is <laughs> christ almighty i mean i don't know i'm just trying to, i'm just thinking of ones that i've heard that are like right. pretty tame yeah no so those ones like things like that i'm like you know what it doesn't even actually matter if katie perry yeah. is a grown-up jean benet ramsey um and, and she kind of looks like her, not going to lie, but like. I guess, but, but like, that's just like taking it, like, kids can grow up to look like anything. Like. I know. Come on. Um, and also, no, I, I don't know, even but... think they're the right age. <laughs> no, I don't think they are thing. either. Um, I don't think they are either because I think Jean Benet, that. Would have been younger than really? Katy Perry is. I think so. I was thinking that Katy Perry would be younger than what. Because Jean Benet, like, that happened. She was, like, six, and that was in, like, 1990 or something, right? 1995? John Benet Ramsey was born in 1990, and Katy Perry was born in 1984. Yeah, I knew it. Okay, yeah, so it's off. Come on. (laughs) Like, there's no way. But her Wikipedia page is faked. Of know, course, um, I should have known. Anyway, yeah, I know it's it's <laughs> off, but it's it's just one that I've always found a little bit funny because, like, why? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, so those ones to me are perfectly fine, or like, kind of, let's say, Kennedy assassination stuff. Some of that is maybe not super pernicious, but um, mm-hmm. some of the others, not. Yeah, great. there's some bad ones. There's um, some very bad ones. Yes, and we won't give those any airtime no. today so welcome everyone to see you next week in space <laughs> i am sarah walsh and i'm here with my sister and co-host amy walsh and amy why don't you tell the good people what we're talking about today and maybe even why conspiracy theories um are my entry point to this particular episode oh well if, i mean I'm you not might sure not if I know. see the connection <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if I do, because I'll be honest, I didn't fully get a lot of this show. I didn't dislike it as much as I thought I would. I'll say that right up top. I really thought, like, from the name of it uh, and, like, the look of the cover, of, I was like, this is not going to be for me. But this particular <laughs> episode, anyway, I was on board with, though I may not have understood everything. Fair um, so what we watched was Stargate SG-1, and it ran from 1997 to 2007, which was one going to be one of my first questions because I didn't look it up. I was like, when the heck is this from? <laughs> um, and the specific episode we watched is called Point of No Return, which was season four, episode 11, and it originally aired um, on September 8th of 2000. Which Correct. makes sense because it felt old. <laughs> yeah, it definitely looks old now. And they're um, wearing like big, chunky cargo pants and stuff. And I was like, whoa. Well, yeah, but that's also because they're like military people. Like, that's no, but part not their military outfit. There was one time when the one of the guys 
Oh, they were just. You mean like their regular like, civilian? Yeah, clothes. I think it was his regular civilian clothes. They had like he had a big old khaki cargos on, and they were not attractive. <laughs> <laughs> it was that era for sure. Yeah. Um, so the IMDb description of this entire series is as follows: A secret military team, SG One, is formed to explore other planets through the recently discovered Stargates. Um, now. Before we do anything, do you understand what a Stargate is? No, but <laughs> I... <laughs> but I, like, the thing is, I read that before we started recording. I read that piece of... I read that description, and I was like, Stargates. They did say Stargate a lot in this, but I never really thought, like, what are they talking about? But then I thought back... And I assume what it is, is that little archway that takes mm-hmm. them somewhere else is the, the gate to another yes. star system or some bullshit like that? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, so star gates are like portals, I guess is a way to say it, to mm. other planets. And the way you travel between star gates is that they create wormholes between other planets. Oh, no. Wormholes again. I mean, that's the only way to really do space travel, um, quickly, anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. And the way that they work, which isn't super important for this episode, but just so that we understand the realm that Mm -hmm. we're living in here, is that, like, Stargates, um, you use, like, a special symbol pattern, and it takes you to, like, each planet has a symbol pattern. And so then you go, actually, this is part of this episode. So to go to a certain planet, you need to know the symbol pattern for that okay. gate. Okay. So that's how they work. Um, right. Now, you probably didn't know, but you maybe, when you were looking around for this, saw reference to the fact that this is probably, of the things we've talked about, part of, like, probably the biggest franchise we've ever talked about on this oh, show. Really? Um, Including, because, like, Star Wars? Not Star Wars. Well, War. we've not talked about <laughs> Star we've, Star Trek, Star Trek, Star Trek, sorry. We've not talked about Star Trek or Star Wars on this show. We talked about Star Trek. We talked about Voyager. Oh, that's right. We Oh, wow. Deep cut. Um, I know. That was yeah, episode that's one, right. I believe. Yes, correct. Uh don't go back and listen. The sound quality is terrible. <laughs> um and also don't go back me. and listen because that show is also terrible. Um, um Yeah, you're right about that, but like and, but but yeah, okay, truly, fine. like this, so like so, this is based on a movie of the same name, Stargate, from 1994, um, which was a massive success. It was a big international blockbuster uh, hmm. with Kurt Russell and James Spader in the main Really? Leads. Yes. And so because that was so popular, um, the guys who are the creators of this show were like, let's make a TV show All these other based things. on this movie. Um, because the movie basically ends um, with like just one kind of, the movie is around one set of stargates between Earth and one specific planet. Um, okay. And so they just kind of expanded outward from that Got to it. make this show. Um, simult- not quite simultaneously, but then this show is so popular, it has a spin-off, a couple spin-off series, Stargate Atlantis, hmm. Stargate SGU, 
and Stargate Origins. There are also three direct-to-DVD movies that come out um, across, like, from between 1997 and to now. Um, Mm -hmm. It has also been the kind of beginning intellectual property that has resulted in the creation of books, video games, and comics. Um, Oh. So, and some of those are based on kind of the main story arc, which is what we're a part of today. Um, Because the main story arc lasts for about 15 years. So starting from 1997, um, going to 2012-ish, I guess. Um, Wow. And... And then, and there are still other things that don't really take the kind of canon of that original, like, and by the original, the main story arc uh, kind of covers this show, Stargate Atlantis, and Stargate SGU. That's the main thing. Um, And the movies connected Mm -hmm. to that. Um, Some of the other stuff that's been made doesn't really stick true to that particular set of storylines or like kind of retcons and goes back to other places. Um, But stuff is still being generated uh, with this idea of the Stargate as the the starting point for the show or the concept. Um, There's so much material associated with this that Pluto TV has an entire channel dedicated to playing all of the tv series um and i don't know if that means that they just like start with stargate sg1 and then just play that all the way through and then go to atlantis and then go to sgu and then start over again i don't totally know um but there's a lot of material there um but i don't i don't know how or why this came to be the case but um the Air Force in particular did quite a bit of collaboration uh, with this show to make sure that it actually, like, had a realistic kind of feel mm. to, like, the like the, the titles of the people, the uniforms they wore, the haircuts, the, like, everything, because they are meant to be part of the Air Force, like, admittedly a secret part, but, you know, following those rules and protocols... And so I guess part of the reason why they endorse the show is because it really accurately captures, like, these types uh, of things. Um, well, and I think that's not a bad, like, personally, more shows, more movies could use having consultants, I guess you could say, of the particular branches or things that they're depicting because so often it is not realistic. <laughs> well, and I think probably especially in the context of a show like this where it's like, I mean, some of this is going to be hard to swallow. This is pretty fantastical. But if we ground it in stuff that is actually real, then it, like, works better. You know, like, I guess it's the same as, like, if you're going to lie, include some truth in it. Um, And so that is that. Um, So, in fact, like, those establishing shots where they show, like, the weird kind of tunnel going into the mountain, um, Mm -hmm. that's a real uh, Air Force base at Cheyenne Mountain. Whoa. Um, so, so yeah, so there was various stuff there that I thought was interesting. Um, also worth noting, uh, and this is probably also related to the fact that it was Showtime first, the special effects in this show cost about $400,000 per episode. Um, Yikes. Yeah, and I think quite a lot of that, especially in the early days, was specifically about that effect for the Stargate 
where it shows yeah. it's like rippling water and then oh, when yeah. it like activates it's like does a weird like kind of splash and goes back and stuff like that oh, yeah I was going to say, I didn't feel like there were that many effects in this episode, but I guess that would be the one. Yeah, they, I mean, mostly, I actually did to go back to watch some others, as I often do, just to make sure I got some basic premises more <laughs> clearly. Um, and that does seem to be the vast majority of the effects is related mm. to that, at least in the first mm -hmm. se seasons. But mm -hmm. um, I think that also is a kind of a testament to how cgi has developed over oh, yeah. the years because like i if i remember what wikipedia was saying it sounded like in those first couple of seasons to make just that effect of the gate and what it could do took like lots and lots of people and like multiple mm. special effects studios but then eventually it was just one studio you know like so mm. things are changing mm -hmm. probably as this is being filmed yeah. um I'll also say uh, that this tops many lists of the kind of best science fiction shows of all time. Wow. Um, people really like this show. They did at the time. They do now. And one of the things I was really surprised by, I'm kind of always surprised when critics like science fiction because it's often <laughs> a pretty uh, shit on genre. Um, but it's critics a little really, bit of a hard sell, I would say. Yeah, but critics also really liked this show. Um, mm. And I think as well, it speaks to um, one, the thing I was just saying, which is like the verisimilitude and kind of realistic nature that grounds the more fantastical elements of the show. Um, mm -hmm. But also, I think probably, and I can sort of tell this um, from the handful of episodes I've watched over this week. Um, again, we're in this kind of place where the beginnings of the golden age of television are starting to happen, where we're like, this is definitely an episodic show for sure. Yeah. But there are these like overarching storylines that are starting to become the way TV is done, you know, like now. Yeah. And that's the thing is like this week I really wanted to do a, I like was looking at a couple different TV shows and I was just like, man, anything made after 2005 is really hard to just drop in on one episode of like, yeah, because uh, you you re like you had some questions. So did I when I watched this episode, but I didn't they weren't essential to understanding yeah, I got story. the basic. Yeah, did I understand all of their like character arcs? Who exactly everyone was to everyone? A billion percent, no. But did it like get in my way of like following the basic? Just no. Right. Um, Whereas some of the was, more recent stuff, it I, oh, no, I was like no way. desperate to try. Like I really and I I'll someday I'll probably make us do it anyway. But like there are a couple shows that are more recent that have that are similarly beloved. And I just hmm. was like pouring over their episode descriptions, being like, "I can't I have jump no into idea. <laughs> this. Like, this doesn't make yeah. I, I, I don't think we would have anything to say because we'd both be so confused, like the whole time. Oh, I would be like, I'd probably be like, I'm gonna let you speak because I don't know what I watched. Yeah, um, I would say also critics might like this one. I don't know much about critics, but, um. A lot of sci-fi, in my opinion, the acting is sort of, 
sort of great you mean sort of like amazing I I was thinking I was thinking like it's kind of in the like secondary to what's happening (laughs) like the acting is kind of like we'll do it if we feel like it but like what's more important is this like space thing or this uh, you know the story or whatever the acting is kind of like meh um or the acting is like so over the top bad that you're like whoa um and this one is much more I would say again just watched one episode but the acting is much more grounded in reality and normal normal good acting (laughs) yeah yeah I think that's right too um I also do miss shows like this where like there are stakes but like you're not like <laughs> demanding it's not like gritty it's not like edgy it's not like yeah. you know i'm like oh i just want something that's like smooth going down and that is entertaining yeah, like, and like even, not going to ruin my say, life like yeah and i will say even the bad guys in this episode i wasn't like afraid of them <laughs> well they're just men in like like long coats like i was just kind of like they won't do anything that bad i think we're all gonna be okay here like i mean and i don't know if that's what they were going for but it does make it very palatable yeah um and so then the final thing i'll say about this is that this specific episode which um comes in season four so there's this big response when this show comes out and there's a lot of like if you can remember the olden days internet which neither of us were super around for, but I sort of remember it of like those early 2000 days where the internet really wasn't about social media at all. That didn't really exist, but there were all those like message boards and blogs and like communities mm. of like, we're fans of this show or we're fans of this Those still band. exist. We're just, I, mean, I just don't think yeah, we're I guess it's like all now in. mostly... I guess most... Isn't most of that now kind of like housed on Reddit and stuff? I would think so. I don't, I'm um, not, I'm not big into like message boards and that whole deal. So I don't know, but I would yeah. think. Um, but so this episode in a sense is kind of dedicated to that situation because huh. um, the, the character Martin, who we'll talk about right now, well, soon anyway, um, says that he, Love him. yeah, he got into this conspiracy theory that he's into as a result of being on message boards um so this was meant to like kind of i guess pay homage to the fan base that emerged um Mm. so turning to the cast uh again it bears mentioning that the first people i'm going to be talking about as characters are from the original stargate movie as well but not played by the same actors so Colonel Jack O'Neill in the TV series is played by Richard Dean Anderson, um, who was 50 when this episode aired. Um, Richard Dean Anderson is originally from Minnesota. And so as a result, when he was a young teen, he was aiming to be a professional hockey player, (laughs) just as (laughs) I imagine most young men from Minnesota still aim to do today. Um, But then check this out in in the same year, when he's 16, he breaks both of his arms in separate incidents. What? Can you imagine a year where you, like, you break your one arm and you're like, oh, damn. And then in the same year, you break your other arm for some stupid reason. I have reason. questions. 
I have questions. Like, did it, because I could sort of imagine it, like, if your one arm was broken and you're somehow, like, doing something probably maybe that you shouldn't because you're stupid and you're 16 and doing it with the other arm and then you break that one because the other one's compromised at the time. I could kind of see that. I mean, it's crazy. But if it's just totally, like, the other one is healed and then you broke your other one, (laughs) I'd be like, what the fuck? That sucks. (laughs) Yeah. So, and apparently, from what I remember, one of them. But if you played hockey, I mean, I guess, like. Yeah, it was all over. happening in hockey. Yeah. Um, But apparently whatever, like, one of the arm breaks was so bad that it necessitated surgery. And it was like, this is never going to be conducive to a professional athlete's career. Um, And so it sounded like around that time but maybe like after graduating high school he then decided to hitchhike from minnesota to alaska um which just shows that like times were different in the olden days well (laughs) yes and also he seems like he's quite the adventurous soul (laughs) indeed um some other things that i think are interesting about him is that he's actually friends uh, with John Delancey, who plays Q in the Star Trek franchises. Um, mm-hmm. And then also interesting, uh, at some point in the 90s, he did he dated Katarina Witt. The That's very funny. Figure skater. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also, he's never been married, but he does have a daughter uh, with a partner that he was with for kind of like maybe a five or six year period in the late 90s and early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of his acting career, of course, we know him from MacGyver, most of all. Um, and it was because of MacGyver, like they approached, when they were creating the show, they approached him straight away. And mm. um, he had apparently two conditions in order to take on the show. And the first was is that he didn't want it to be the way MacGyver was, where it was just him carrying the whole show. He wanted it to be an ensemble cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all, also, he wanted it to be kind of lightened up. Like, Stargate the movie is pretty serious, let's say. Um, mm-hmm. There's not much comic relief. Um, okay. But he was like... I, I want this to be a bit more of a funny show, like, and I want yeah. to be funny in it. And they were like, okay, yeah. fine. Um, what I hadn't really quite realized is, like, so in the context, this show goes on, as you said, for 10 seasons, um, which is a long haul for mm-hmm. anything. And I think he starts bowing out around seasons six or seven, and it's to hang out with his kid, his daughter. Um, and what I really was surprised by is that his last credit is in 2013 hmm. and it doesn't seem like he's interested in coming back for anything. Hey, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying this like he should entertain us, like dance clown, <laughs> like um but I'm I'm surprised, I guess, that particularly as we're seeing so much coming out lately of like the nostalgia material for our generation, like, Mm. you know, I'm surprised that he hasn't made even like some cameos or something 
Mm. Uh, that just is a bit surprising to me. Mm -hmm. Um, but wherever you are, RDA, we salute you and I hope you're having a good time (laughs) with your kid. Yeah, like I hope that's great. Uh, and your life, generally speaking, I hope living it's going the simple great. life. Um, then we have another character from the original movie called Doctor Daniel Jackson, um, who in the TV show is played by a thirty-year-old Michael Shanks. Um, mm-hmm. Interesting. He uh, is currently married to Lexa Doig, who we've talked about on this show. On the con- mm. In the context of Andromeda, which was quite mm. a long time ago when we talked about that. Yeah. Um, but what I thought was funny is, so Michael Shanks, because, so this show is being shot in Canada, Andromeda is being shot in Canada, they're happening around the same time. So Michael, and you know that, well, you might not know, but like all of those like sci-fi channel original shows, they often swap around characters, like and actors appear in each other's things. And so uh, he did a guest spot on Andromeda, met Mm -hmm. Lexa, and then they get married a couple years later, and they have three kids together. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, So uh, in terms of his career, uh, there are some fun things listed on his credit list, like things like Suddenly Naked. Don't know what that is. Um, Whoa. And another thing called Mega Snake. Also, whoa. <laughs> um, but in terms, so he's in this show as a main kind of staple cast member most of the seasons, though not totally all of them. Um, he also was in, did you ever watch some show called Saving Hope? No. I have heard of it. I never watched it either, but he's a main cast member in that for a number of seasons. Um, and he now has a movie coming out, so he's still in the mix. Um, then we have, uh, Major Samantha Carter, not a character that appeared in the movie, um, played by a 35-year-old Amanda Tapping, who, um, was born in England but raised in Canada, uh, and in fact ended up directing a couple of episodes of this show and as well so this was her big break this show Hmm. um and then she also her character major samantha carter like went on to stargate atlantis for a couple seasons um Hmm. and then as a result of the success of this show she also was able to get her own project name of sanctuary off the ground and I've watched that show Mm. as well that's another one of those sci-fi original ones Mm -hmm. um but her last credits all happened in 2018 so it may well be that she too has now kind of decided that she's no longer (laughs) yeah gonna keep acting which I guess makes sense because if she was 35 in 2000 35 and 18 makes to 53 I mean, that's early to retire, but it's not, like, surprising, I guess, I would say, to be like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm done with this. Yeah. I'll go on to other stuff now. Um, Needless to say, people like me and you, I'm like, I'll be working till I'm 83, and then I'll just drop dead. (sighs) (laughs) I really hope that's not true, but yes, it's not, it's not, I don't quite make uh, TV show money. Yeah. Um, The next character, again, not from the TV 
from the movie, but in the TV show is a character called Teal'c, um, played by a 36-year-old Christopher Judge. Um, he's interesting. First, I got to give a shout out to the University of Oregon Ducks. What, what? He played football for them back in the 80s. Oh, he, oh this guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's the black guy with a funny squiggle on his forehead. I felt um, like I recognized him from something. Well, he's... I don't think you would have really no. recognized him from anything. Um, maybe I've seen pictures of something maybe. from this. Yeah. I don't know. Um, what I thought was interesting is he was actually pretty good at football. Like, he's not one of those stories where it's like, I got injured and then I went to acting. Like, mm-hmm. But he did see being an athlete as a way into acting um because he like he was when in he house finished, party too <laughs> was he really oh man well yeah, that makes sense this says. um but so basically like because of his big his big physical presence from football and stuff he was able to like transition that into not just this character but a number of others um he's also the character who has been in the most episodes of this show sg okay um and in fact, his very first credit in 1990 was in MacGyver. So oh, that's so funny. Um, he also, unsurprisingly, because he's got a deep resonant voice, so he's mm-hmm. been doing a lot of voice work over the years. Um, and more recently, he's been in something that I think we may someday need to watch called Mega Shark versus Mecha Shark. I don't know what the F that is, but that sounds great. He was also in Sharknado 3. Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that as a name. <laughs> well, Mega Shark, I actually read the description of this because I wanted to be sure that what I thought it was was actually what it was. And oh, it totally was. Because Mega Shark is just a giant shark. Okay. And Mecha Shark is a robotic giant shark that the government builds to fight the mega shark. And then that's Whoa. the movie. <laughs> Whoa. Um, that is. Oh, he, quite he did something. lots of like video game voices. Yes. That makes yes. sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's also most recently in this thing that I actually watched a couple episodes of and, and I'm still not totally sure if I like it or not. It's called The Guardians of Justice Will Save You. And he plays the president in that. Um, hmm, I like that. Yeah, it's a weird show. Um, I can't really even describe it super great. Um, but so he's still around mixing it up. I liked him. Yeah. Um, and then we have uh this other character who I recognized immediately, the actor. His character's name is Major General George Hammond. Um, and this is played by a 58-year-old Don S. Davis, um, who certainly is one of uh, partially just due to his age, one of the guys who's been oh, kind of yeah. the most stuff of anybody. Um, what did I recognize him from? League of Their Own. Yes. He's the coach of the Racine. Uh, yes, that's correct. Racine Rosebuds or whatever the name of that team no. <laughs> The Bells, I think. Oh, yeah, the Bells. You're right. Because I was going to say the Racine <laughs> Peaches, but that was the... The one that no. uh, Gina Davis. Get it right. In. The Rockford Peaches. Come on now. I'm right. sorry. They both start him. with R. Like, what am I to do? Well, 
Um, Get it right. I'm sorry. Uh, so that's how we both recognize him for sure. Yeah. Um, but he was also Who's in a couple. talking? Yeah. <laughs> when, when I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, I think I do kind of remember. He's, he's Kirstie Alley's doctor in that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So that's how we recognize him. <laughs> Other people <laughs> might recognize him. Classic from roles. <laughs> yeah. Other people might recognize him. He was a, a regular character in Twin Peaks, both the first run mm. of that and, and the not the second run because he passed away um, actually right as uh, Stargate SG-1 was wrapping up. He passed away as a result of a heart attack at 65. Bad. Um, and then finally, the person that we also need to know for this specific episode is a character named Martin Lloyd, who was played by a 36-year-old Willie Garson. And I love as Willie you, Garson. Yeah. And as you can see in my notes here, I had to look through his credits because I could have sworn we talked about him in the context of this show once before. But I could he not. He seems like the type that would have been on a bunch of these type of shows. He, and he has. He absolutely has been on. He's like been on almost every show of television. Imaginable. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he was one of those people that uh, I don't know his exact like working years, but he was in everything. Yeah. No, he started working really early. And so um, he graduated college. And basically started getting TV spots and, like, bit parts and movies from the start. I can't remember exactly, but his first credit is in the 80s mm. um, when he's quite young. Because he died last year and he was only 57. And oh, such a bummer. Yeah. And, well, he had pancreatic cancer. Yeah. Um. But so. And he was working up until like. Right. I mean, he until was the end. Still yes. actively in the Sex and the City show, like until he died. Right. And so he is the person who has the most credits of anybody of this group. Yeah. And it's, it's even more than Don S. Davis. It's something like 170 things wow. he's been in. Um, and some of the highlights include things like Troop Beverly Hills, The Rock. Mm. Sex in the City, of course. He plays Stanford Blatch. Um, mm. And White Collar. Um, and in White Collar, mm. he plays a character much akin to this one, which believes in various conspiracy theories and, you know, like, wants okay. to be off the grid stuff. Um, yeah. So, He's believable as that. <laughs> yeah, he looks like a guy who would be concerned about that. Yeah, right? For like, sure. He's, he's very believable as that. Yes, and it's maybe to do with those glasses he seems to like to wear. I'm not totally sure. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, um, but so, like oh, go ahead. No, I just, I liked, I, I always liked him. Yeah. So let's dive into this particular episode named Point of No Return. Um, we start out in the SG-1 conference room and Carter, Jackson, O'Neill, and Teal'c are all, as well as the Major General, are listening to a phone message that has come in from somewhere. I'm not totally sure, because this doesn't seem like an office that would have, like, a phone line that you could call. Yeah. Since it's, like, I couldn't meant to be super top secret and built yeah. into a mountain. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even really know where we were at this point. I was like, are we in space? I didn't know what was happening, but... <laughs> 
so he he calls them up and he leaves this long rambling phone message that they do a, a very funny bit of like rec- like fast forwarding through mm-hmm. where he's like I think actually the phrase lizard people was mentioned at one point <laughs> in this um and so he's meant to be this like super nut job conspiracy theorist person mm-hmm. um but he has somehow figured out that stargates are real that there is a stargate government program and he's basically like i demand that we meet to talk about this stargate thing um and he gives them like a date and a time and a place in montana that he wants to Mm -hmm. meet them um and basically the general is like you gotta go and talk to this guy not like because we actually think he's a threat but because like we want to figure out what he knows and maybe how he's he's known it. Like, where is this mm-hmm. coming from? So mm-hmm. that's the cold open. We then go into the credits, um, which is, like, super, I wrote in my notes, like, pretty cinematic and heroic. Like, I think especially the soundtrack uh, of these early, like, the Showtime seasons the music and stuff like a lot of the production value feels pretty cinematic level Mm -hmm. um so we get out of the credits and we arrive at this diner in the middle of nowhere montana uh o'neill is sitting in a booth martin comes in we don't know that his name is martin quite yet but i'm just gonna say that um (laughs) And he insists on scanning O'Neill for some kind of listening device, um, Mm -hmm. which O'Neill does not have on him because, in fact, they're filming him from a tiny camera in that, like, circular order thing that a lot of diners... I don't know if they still have this, but they did Mm. in the olden days. Um, (laughs) And so then Martin starts going off about how he knows about the Stargate program, and he rattles off some information. And then I did really like, this is where that comic relief bit comes in. Uh, O'Neill says, sounds like a good idea for a TV show. I'm oh, like, yeah. Ha, 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 ha. It is a TV show. Wink, um, wink. Yeah. Uh, and then he's like, well, Martin, the reason I was willing to meet with you is because, in fact, I wanted to confirm for you that there is such a thing. It's a secret government program called the Stargate Program. But it is not about going to space. And I can't remember what he said it was about, but it was something pretty boring, like accounting. It's like it's actually <laughs> to do with like an accounting thing that we're doing under the radar or something. Mm-hmm. And Martin, of course, doesn't That's a believe terrible it. lie, by the way. Uh, yeah, I wish I, I was like, try and remember what the reason was. And I can't. But I can't remember um, it was a, he, but the whole point was they wanted to make it sound so boring that he wouldn't be interested anymore. Right, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, in that sense, like, I even just hear the word accounting and I'm already asleep. Like, I know, but I, that's why I feel like it sounds like a lie because that's like everybody knows that's the most boring word you could say is accounting. <laughs> <laughs> the only you like know? more boring word than accounting is if someone says the word spirituality to me. I'm like, put me to fucking <laughs> sleep. No, I don't know if that's boring in the same way, though. That's like that, like tunes me out, I guess. Yeah, like, you're like, okay. right. You're right. I, I, I just want to like 
literally turn around from that person and pretend like I don't hear or see them ever it, again. It, it just means like we're not going to be like have much to talk about. But like, yeah. but accounting and bookkeeping, if someone were to say bookkeeping, it would oh, be on the boy. same level. I would, yeah. that might be even worse. Yeah. Or even like bookkeeping, accounting, the word documentation, like <laughs> all of that those stuff. Are, Paperwork. Those are buzzwords. <laughs> Paperwork. Data, uh, I, data entry. Those are all. Oh, like, data all entry. Oh, God. Yeah. All of that is like so put bad. me to fucking sleep. Um, so then Martin is like, I do not believe you. And by the way, I need to go through the gate because I'm pretty sure that I am from another place, from another planet, because that's what these Stargates actually do. And in another good turn of, like, comic phrasing, good old RDA says, check, please. Oh, yeah, that was good. <laughs> Get me out of here. Um, meanwhile, in the surveillance van, uh, Carter and Jackson are, like, kind of watching this thing transpire. And they learn that Martin has a criminal record. Um, it's not really a super bad criminal record. It sounds like the criminal record of someone who's like got serious mental illness, basically. What, what I can't remember what they even said. Was it even like was it like petty theft or was it just like I feel like drunken. it was like like yeah, like public disturbances, maybe yeah. like some types of like assault things okay. where, you know, like I freaked out and I threw a chair through a window. You know, like stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and so, but Martin is not to be dissuaded because he's like, uh, he keeps saying to O'Neill, like, there are, I, because O'Neill is like, but you're a human guy. Like, what are you trying to say? <laughs> like, I, you're saying you're an alien, but you are definitely human. So how can you be from another planet? And then Martin is like, no, no, no. That's the whole thing is that these stargates connect planets of different humanities that were spread throughout the galaxy by these more powerful non-human uh beings which is That's the premise a little of bit the complicated show. i think it maybe is a I little bit complicated that. but i think this is one of the things this is a perennial so he is issue. a human he is human from a different okay planet. i didn't i didn't get that i kind of thought what we <laughs> I kind of thought what we were to believe throughout the rest of the episode was he, along with, you know, whoever else we find out is his same species, were all in like human suits. <laughs> That's no. sort of what I thought. Okay. No. So this is this gets to a perennial problem for a lot of science fiction that has to do with space and space travel and and the actual realities of making these forms of entertainment which is we have humans who are actors who are going to play non-humans so right. like that means that people's bodies like no matter what you do like no matter how much makeup and paint and masks and whatever <laughs> you're gonna put on somebody at the end of the day we are still dealing with like upright bipedal people mm -hmm. who look quite a lot like human beings Right. like right um like i said i thought they were in human suits i didn't understand right the so in the case of this uh universe this science fiction franchise's approach to this the way we explain ourselves out of that 
is by saying that that's the whole thing. They absolutely are humans. They are no different. They've been spread out onto these different They are humans that live on different planets. Right. Um, And so that's what Martin is saying. And then he says to O'Neill, well, let me show you my ship. That will prove what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, mean and like in his little earpiece, the rest of the team is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go follow him into the woods. Follow this crazy guy into the woods. I mean, I'd be like, thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. And especially, they're like, follow the crazy guy into the woods with no backup because the rest of us are gonna go look we at got his something house. else to do. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna go look at his house. You go and like hang out with this. I guess their feeling is like he's too much of a nerd. Yeah, he can't be dangerous. Be a true threat to RDA. So well, they clearly they clearly didn't live through like Ted Bundy or anything because indeed, hello. Indeed. Um so then we follow the remainder of the team to Martin's house and they're like looking for kind of any information about how we could have come up with this idea of the Stargate. Um mm-hmm. and his house is full of what did I say here? Where's my um, lava lamps and like yeah, I, glowing I said, things? <laughs> house is full of glowing alien shit is what I wrote yeah. down. <laughs> yeah, that's um, right. But yeah, his lava lamp budget has to have been astronomical. Do you remember how popular those things were, though? I know. I even owned one at one yeah, so did juncture. I. Um, yeah, so did yeah I. you and bought them what? at Newberry Comics. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were they were great, but also they were not great because they, they were cool looking. They didn't yeah. really provide light. Let's be real. No, I mean, the light you provided know. was not like you couldn't like even read a receipt no. to that light. No, like, it, it it might be like it might be nice. Actually, I kind of want one now that I'm thinking about it. It might be nice like ambient light for like sleeping, I suppose. But you know the what thing would about be them, cool would be what? so like. Get a bunch of them and put them in a row, like, on a bookshelf, right? And, mm-hmm. like, just have it be a display feature. Or sure. do similar, like, in your fireplace, like a fireplace that doesn't yes, work. Yes, it could be, put like, it in yeah. there. Something like I could, that. Yeah, I would be fine with that. The, and the fireplace is a good one, actually, because the other thing about them that I recall, that I don't know if they were ever, like, brought up to be dangerous, but... Um, a, they were heavy, if I remember yeah. correctly. Then B, they would get very, very hot. Yes. Well, because so the, were the, the lava is <laughs> the lava is just like wax. Because it has, has to, to heat, heat up, up for it to start. Yeah. Yes. So they're kind of a hazard. Maybe that's why they like went out of style. Because I wonder if yeah. people ever like. Well, because they were popular in the seventies, so of course they had to be popular in the nineties. Because everyone in the nineties yeah. just wanted to be in the seventies. Yeah. Um, so then it, they're due to be popular again. I think they already are, honestly. Oh, I are think they? they already oh. are. Yes. <laughs> um, Damn. We just, we just missed that window because we're no we longer missed. teens. Yeah, um, I guess. But yeah, his house are is beanbag full chairs of that. back? Probably. Wow, probably. okay. Anyway. Honestly, probably. <laughs> um, so they go into his home. It looks like a weird den of weirdness. Um, <laughs> and more to the point for themselves and their own um, kind of, like, estimation of Martin is they find all of these antipsychotic medications mm-hmm. in his mm-hmm. kitchen cabinet. And they're like, ah, he's having a mental break. <laughs> like, that explains it. And it's just 
you know, it's the kind of thing of, like, if a thousand monkeys are typing in a room, like, eventually they're going to type all of the works of Shakespeare, like, by chance, <laughs> right? So it's like, uh-huh. he figured out this Stargate thing by just random sheer luck. Like, someone might mm-hmm. have come up with this idea at some point. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, out in the woods, Martin is looking for his ship, and O'Neill is like, man, we're just wandering around randomly in the woods. Where's this ship? And Martin is like, oh, I I'm, I'm get really confused because of my medications. Um, which, again, I wouldn't feel good hearing that phrase mm, when I've no. followed someone to the woods. <laughs> Me the hell either. I, well, let's be real. Like, I understand... I am not cut out for any type of job like military, like any type of investigation. Like I'm not cut out for what? anything where you have to <laughs> anything I'm where you shocked. have to like, risk your life or anything like that, not cut out for it. But I would never, never to the never walk alone in the woods and just follow someone who told me they were looking for something and they quote knew where it was. And definitely I wouldn't do it if they had prefaced that with any kind of ravings about being an alien or the reincarnation and saying, oh, here's my shit. I'm going to bring like, it. yeah, no, no, that's, that's when you're like, I regret even being in this one location with you. Yeah. That's I when am you say, not check following me. you to a second location. Like, correct. That is where you get murdered. Not. Yeah. That's where you get murdered. And that like, I would say check, please, and then I would end the conversation. <laughs> and then the check would arrive, and then I really would leave, and then yes. make sure I wasn't followed is what I Correct. would do. Yes. Um, meanwhile, back at Martin's house, the team finds Martin's journal, which again seems full of mad ravings, most of which are about him being afraid he's being followed. Mm. And they're like, see, this guy's nuts. But what they don't realize is while they are looking at the house, another hidden camera <laughs> is watching them. Oh. And then we do like a like one of those like object fades where we like go into the camera watching them and come out the other side to mm. where the people who are watching them are, which is this just like kind of nondescript warehouse mm-hmm. where there are these men. And they do a scan of the people in the home and they realize that Teal'c is not human because they see that he's got an entity inside of him, um, mm-hmm. which is part of this larger story arc, but we don't really have to care about it for this Okay. Episode. I feel like there was one point where he was sort of describing himself and I missed and I was like, I kind of just glossed over it myself and I assumed he wasn't really human, but then also was like, well, the rest of them are all humans. And he's like, I wasn't sure what was his deal. So this is like now gleaned from having gone back to the first episodes of the show. So Teal'c is something called a Jaffa or Jaffa. I can't totally remember the exact emphasis there but um and what they are is human hosts i thought you were gonna say human hoes for a second (laughs) i mean kind of also kind of oh shit because they're human hosts for um a parasitic alien life known as the goa'uld um And so, like, what they see in 
Teal'c's like uh, abdomen is this like, I mean, when they, they've showed it in the first couple episodes of this show and it is not pleasant to look at, um, but it's like. I didn't even really like the x-ray of it. I didn't know that wasn't good either. Um, but so it's these aliens that can live sort of symbiotically inside of a human. And the point is, is that they need to like incubate in a human body a certain amount of time before then like ultimately taking over a different human body. Um, oh, okay. So that's like not, again, that's not super relevant to yeah. this yeah, episode, we don't go there. but that's, okay. that's the whole thing. So Got like Teal's body, as far, if I understand everything correctly, is human. Um, okay. But then this but entity goes this into it and it sort of changes oh, okay. his body because um, he says in some episode, as a result of being a host for this thing, like while he has it in him like he can't age and it like keeps him healthy uh, and it has this other stuff going on um that has so nothing to do with the thing on his head i know at one point he describes the thing on his well, head the, he explains that that's something different the thing yeah the thing on his head is just a mark that he carries to show that he's this incubator thing like the goa oh. will put that on him to show oh. that that's what he is okay 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 hmm. um so that's it. So he's more okay. human than human, basically. Okay. Um, okay. Next, uh, we cut back to Stargate headquarters in the Cheyenne Mountain. And there's this lady who I think is more of a meaningful cast member in other episodes. But right now, I'm just calling her scientist lady. Um, <laughs> she reports to uh, Hammond, like they... I don't know how quickly time is moving in this particular episode, but they've tested the meds. Seems like it's one day. It does seem to move very quickly because they somehow have gotten these meds from Montana to wherever they are very quickly and tested yeah. them. And while they mostly are the kinds of things you would expect in a lot of Earth-made antipsychotics, um, they also have traces of compounds that are unidentifiable and not mm. Earth-based. So mm. they're like, okay. So then they get in touch with Carter and Jackson and are like, go to the therapist's office, figure out where these other elements came from. Like, see if it's the therapist mm -hmm. who's doing it or if there's some other thing happening. So they go to the therapist's office. They're talking to Martin's therapist. Um, he's surprised that they're even there. He's like, you know, I've been treating Martin for these conspiracy issues for like a long time. And I'm just really surprised that he would be so successful at kind of wrapping up Tricking actual, yeah, like wrapping up actual trained government officials into mm -hmm. his kind of psychosis or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, that's as may be, but what we're mostly interested in is the fact that his medications have these unusual kind of trace elements. Um, and the therapist is surprised about that. And so he's like, well, I can't really answer that question. Um, and they're like, is there anything else kind of odd or unusual that's been going on? He's like, well, I don't really know, but here's this address of where Mark works. Why don't you go mm -hmm. check there? I'm like, okay, fine. 
Meanwhile, at some like kind of local flea bag motel somewhere in Montana, <laughs> um, O'Neill and Teal'c are hanging out waiting for Carter and Jackson to come back from their part of this inquiry. Mm-hmm. And while they're waiting, Martin shows up at the motel um, and he's like, I've got proof that someone has broken into my house. Now, of course, those someones were their own team members. So they know that someone has gone <laughs> into his house. But meanwhile, they're like gaslighting Poor the shit out of Martin. him. <laughs> I know they're gaslighting the shit out of him being like, what are you talking about? There's no way. And he has like all of these weird little like fail safes and traps to be like, uh, this is what I put by the door. And if this is disrupted, mm. then I know. And this is what I put by the window. And if this is disrupted, then I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also like, listen, I really, really, really need to go through that Stargate. Things are getting wild <laughs> out here. Um, and O'Neill is like, well, can I just ask you, like, why you think that you are from space? Like, it's one thing to think that there are these <laughs> Stargates and they connect to other planets. But, like, why do you think you are from these other planets? Mm. And he's like, I'm not totally sure. I keep having these flashbacks and I just feel as though there is something calling me to another place. And then he reveals that he often sees this series of seven symbols over and over and over again. And like I said at the top of the episode, that's how the Stargate works. Is you go like, Mm. beep, bop, boop, boop. I just realized (laughs) it's like, Old-timey dialing a phone number, which are seven digits. Oh, yeah. Remember oh, the olden funny. days when you only needed I mean, to dial I, seven digits? Oh, like, well, because everybody lived in the same area code. Well, and yeah, exactly. And there weren't too many people in one area code was really the thing. Um, mm. and, and now that I'm remembering when I, like, the way they dialed well, this and up. And also... You, what? Well, oh, sorry. Also, that everyone was in the same area code because it was landlines, and so right. that like right, yeah, and that's why there weren't too many numbers in any yeah. one area code because yeah. one phone would be good for like four or five people. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Which so sounds weird. to me, when I say that now, it sounds insane that one number I know, but... could reach four or five people or more, depending on a situation. Oh, absolutely. That's these so weird. Kids today, kids today, let me tell you, <laughs> they they will never know. I mean, I guess I don't know that every single kid has a phone all the time as soon as they're whatever age. But like, I don't think it's the, like you the, get born and then you're given a phone and it's like chemically attached to your hand. <laughs> We're not quite there yet. Some kids, though, I mean, they they will never know. The, and not that I really like dealt with this personally either, but like they will never know the thing of like having to call somebody's house and like and speak ask to their for parents. The person that, yeah. Yeah. Having to ask where the person you're looking for, as opposed to literally just calling that person's phone. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was always, it. well, at the time it didn't feel weird, but thinking back, it does seem weird that you'd like call up. So and, like, weird. Hey, uh, Mrs. Uh, whatever. And like, like, and your mom would tell you to like get off the phone because you, yeah. you had to, you were like clogging the phone line. And worse than that, you had one phone line and only and four or five people, whatever, and only one person could be on, on the phone at the one time before call waiting. You, if you someone was on the phone, yeah. you would get a busy, busy signal. signal. And yeah. worse than that, 
the internet was on the same damn line as all of that. I know. I know. Well, that was speaking of... It was of, primitive. I know. But speaking of back in the olden <laughs> days when there were like rich people and poor people and, and how that manifested in a very specific way, it was like there was that sort of relatively brief time where like some families had a whole separate phone line just for the internet. And that was like, wow, oh, wow. But I also thought it was funny because... As well, like, when he's saying these seven symbols, and then later when you see, like, the the kind of mechanism for literally, like, dialing up the Stargates, it looks like a rotary telephone. It's, like, yeah, a it circle, right. and it's, like, bing, bonk, bunk, bunk. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that. You're right. Yeah. Um. So he shows these symbols, and this is, like, a, whoa, see, this is, like, proof of something. Because they are legitimate um, Stargate symbols. Meanwhile, mm. back at the warehouse, Carter and Jackson show up to this address that they think is Martin's work address, um, but they find an abandoned warehouse, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. And then these bad guys basically, like, get the jump on them and whatever. And this is also these where... These, ta these tame bad guys. <laughs> they're pretty tame. It's true. Um, because, you know, why she... Because I noticed this part. I was like, uh... She turns around, the woman turns around, I forget everybody's name already, even though you just said it, but she turns around and sees the bad guys and puts her hands up and doesn't even say to her friend, hey, turn around, there are guys pointing <laughs> guns at us. She waits for him to turn around and discover it her, himself. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Not the best. No, be a pal and say someone's got a gun Give me a heads up. on us. Give like, me a little heads up. I'm going to be annoyed. <laughs> yeah. This was also where, in my notes, where I finally noticed that she had a really good short haircut in this. She did. Like, and again, I mean, we we always end up, basically, hair talk is just us envying people with straight hair. Um, Correct. There was definitely a, a, a period or phase in my life where I really really wanted to be able to do a short i don't know if bob is the right word but like no short. but hers like that hers in this is like a man cut i, I guess i would yeah say. i don't like, I, what would you short. call that i don't know what that's called yeah but, but that's what i mean like i wanted and it was that at that time period like really pc short hair yeah. like that was like yeah. very very in and i sure. really was jealous of that yeah um, and it is, I mean, still even now, I guess I it's very cool now. I guess it's now it's cool now too. For sure. I mean it, that, but that was like back when having short hair like that as a woman was still pretty edgy and like kind of mm. unusual. Um, mm -hmm. and it meant like, it didn't necessarily mean you were a lesbian, but it did mean you were like kind of <laughs> cool. And but it meant you were like a hard ass. Like you yeah. weren't about oh, to be Oh, for tricked. sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, and if you shaved your head as a woman, then you were like supreme, like this woman is gonna don't get stuck in a dark alley don't with this. Don't fuck woman. with her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like she will kill you. <laughs> like, yeah. Um yeah. but I yeah, I And I anybody and quite frankly, anybody who can get away with shaving their head, man or woman, really, um, I give them credit because a perfectly uh, You gotta have a good head shape. Yeah, perfect head shape is hard to come by. I think mine would be really hellacious looking. <laughs> and also, here's a weird thing. I was like, sometimes when you do shave your head, I mean, I have never done it, but like from what I've seen on other people is 
then you realize that your head is full of weird bumps. Of course. And imperfections that hair covers really nicely. Yes. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like the people that can get away with it and do it well, it's you really like to not have a bumpy head. Like I can feel like. Like I'm not not even talking about your head shape, which can be varying forms of bumpy I mean, like a little tinier bump, like maybe it's a oh, like a weird a mole, or it's mm. like a weird growth that just is in there that you would never mm. really have cause to know was ever there. Got um, it. But then you shave your head and you discover you've got <laughs> this weird shit on your head. That's yeah. I would be a disaster. Yeah. So then we go back to the motel. Where the rest of the team is starting to get concerned that Carter and Jackson have not checked in and they have not come back. This also sets Martin into a... He's, like, increasingly freaking out um, and saying that he wants to have his medications because they calm him down. And this is a bit of a strange one. Um, O'Neill does not let him take his medication. Um, yeah, I didn't get that. Which, I like, I don't, it makes no sense mainly because if he doesn't believe that Martin is a human from another planet, mm-hmm. then... Then he believes that he's just a person who is dealing with, with quote-unquote, Severe mental psychosis. illness. Yeah, yes. severe mental let illness, take- and then is refusing to give him his medication. That's a weird choice. I don't know why they did that choice. <laughs> yeah. I it, it I it, I really don't know. It didn't unless, work out well, I don't think. No, unless maybe maybe what we're supposed to think from that is that he's starting to believe Martin and wants to maybe. like learn more and he and I mean this is what ultimately happens is we learn that I these guess, medications are like suppressing his memory. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um yeah. but like he's also just well, that's asking, a kind of a happy accident. I feel like that because because yeah. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so this is also where the conspiracy question at the top of the show comes out because he's asking Martin like like where did you first start learning about the Stargate? And he's like, mm-hmm. well, I went online. I was already. He was like, so Martin is like, I have always been really fascinated for the longest time, the longest I can remember. Um, I've been really fascinated by the idea of alien visitation and Mm. conspiracies and like all kinds of stuff. And so he was like, so I started like going online as, as I said, like kind of those olden days, chat boards, message rooms, like group scenarios, whatever. He was like Mm. all up in that. And he was like, and, you know, most of that stuff is nonsense. And he's like, so, and this is where it's like, oh, so the moon landing is nonsense. He's like, no, 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 the moon landing was real. It's this other stuff that's a cover up for like some other thing. And you're like, oh, boy. Um, But so basically he, Martin says that he kind of gets deep enough into these alien conspiracies that eventually he runs across uh, the Stargate stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. Meanwhile, like, the fact that Carter and Jackson have not come back is making things worse and worse. So O'Neill is like, well, I'm going to go check out the therapist's office and see what's what. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, back at the warehouse, the bad guys are interrogating Carter and Jackson, who've been, like, tied to chairs, as you would expect. Um, (laughs) 
And what is surprising to Carter and Jackson is that they keep asking very pointed questions about Martin and specifically, like, what have you been asking him? What has he been telling you? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, he's, he's a crazy guy. Like, what does it matter what he said to us? Like, it yeah. can't be real. But, like, basically, as a result of all of this very intense questioning, there's Carter and Jackson are starting to be like, maybe there is actually something <laughs> going on here. Um, right. And in particular, like, this group of bad guys who will soon learn why they're not very good at this. Like, the questions that they ask really do seem to very much be like, this guy is from space. <laughs> yeah, they're really not good at being bad guys. They are not. They, no. Um, so back at the motel, Teal'c and Martin are waiting for O'Neill to come back, and this is when Teal'c is reading, I wasn't sure if it actually was the Weekly World News, but it's meant to look like the Weekly World News. Do you remember that tabloid? Oh, it's like Inquirer, right? Yeah, it was always on, like, the, um, like, grocery store checkout line and had like it's like all, it's ass. like the ones with like elvis's sightings and yes stuff. yes yeah and specifically the thing that um teal is reading the headline that you see says headless alien found in topless bar <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one um so then o'neill comes back and says that um when he went to the therapist's office the whole place was emptied out it looked like no one had ever been there and they're like, oh, shit, something's wrong. And this is when Martin, um, who's still increasingly freaking out, mm-hmm. uh, is like, I remember where my ship is. So he leads them to this field. They find the ship. And when mm-hmm. they find the ship, they then call the various like Stargate team down. Not Carter and Jackson, but like the main squad to do various yeah kind of locking Testing. down the area and tests mm-hmm. and whatever. And in the process of doing that, they discover that this ship is definitely not made of components coming from Earth. So it's like Martin definitely now. Point one for Martin. <laughs> yes, he was telling the truth. He is an alien for all intents and purposes. Um, but Martin is also confused because he's like, well, this isn't the ship I was on. This isn't the ship I will remember. This is too small. Mm-hmm. And uh, Teal'c is like, well, maybe this is an escape pod from a bigger ship. And this yeah. then jogs Martin's memory. Um, and he and specifically, he's like, I, okay, I get it. I was a part of this mission to Earth where we were, were soldiers from another planet, but we knew about the Stargates and we knew about Earth and we knew that there were other human beings around. So we came to Earth looking for help because we're involved in this very bad war. But unfortunately, when we got to Earth, what we learned was that you guys were not advanced enough to help us in our Mm -hmm. situation. Mm. So then um, the Stargate team is like, okay, so we think we might be able to use this escape pod and your presence as a way to kind of like goad these bad guys out and figure out where Carter and Jackson are. Cause I guess they've mm-hmm. kind of surmised that they're kidnapped by these bad guys or something. 
Uh, they are they are pretty good at surmisements. I got to be honest. They like are, and I mean, these are this is like a real jump to conclusions, Matt situation. That's like yeah. always working out for them. But it is a TV yeah. show, so like you know, yeah, I get they've it. got some good lucky guesses going on. Yeah. Um. So then back at the warehouse, um, the bad guys get like a notification. Something starts beeping, and that means to them that the ship that they came in on has been found which means like martin is around it means stargate team is around and they're like we gotta go like collect martin and kind of shut this down Mm -hmm. and they leave carter and jackson alone in the warehouse Mm -hmm. back at the field uh martin appears to be alone um having found his ship and i can't remember if this is when it gets revealed or if it's in the previous scene but we see, unsurprisingly, that Martin's therapist is one of these bad guys. That, yeah. in fact, he's the leader of them, and they actively were trying to repress Martin's memory about being a soldier, about being from another planet. I think this is when we also learn that they, t- yeah, they're all from the other planet. Um, but it's not totally clear, like, why they're doing this yet. Like, yeah. why does it matter that Martin believes this stuff? And why do yeah. they want to hide yeah. it? Yeah. Um, so, but the point and why? Of, oh, whatever. Go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. Well, I was, I mean, we don't have to get into it. But, like, I was just wondering why Martin is the only one of all of them that would be different. Like, why did they treat him different than any of the rest of them? Do you know what I mean? Like. Right. Well, we'll get to it as to why. Okay. okay. Like why he's getting his memory suppressed and why the rest of them don't have that happen. Okay. So oh, wait, I think I, rem- I think I remember now that you said yeah. it like that. Okay. But anyway, yeah. go ahead. So they, so Martin lets himself be quote unquote captured by them. They've got a tracking device on him. So they take him away in a van, mm-hmm. um, which of course the van goes to the warehouse. <laughs> they are not good bad guys. I mean, truly, they're, they're really, not. really bad, bad guys. Um, so once they, f- so once the Stargate group figure out that's where everybody is, they set up a big storm team perimeter about around this warehouse. Um, O'Neill goes inside. He finds Carter and Jackson. Um, and really what they discover basically is that the bad guys have run away. They've left this warehouse, which was some sort of base of operations for them. Uh, they don't re- like. They don't really care about Martin as such, apparently anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, all they do find is what Martin believes is a countdown device for a detonator. And they yeah. so then they all run out of the building, thinking that the building is about to blow up. And now again, I appreciate that the point of this little scene is to be funny but it kind of didn't totally make sense because because like so they have this countdown clock and it's going like beep 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 and then they all like jump into the air as they're running out of the building and we get those shots of like the superman shots of like people just spread out jumping and then they all land on the ground face down um no explosion happens but I guess I don't know enough about bomb preparation. No, but training. no. Here's but like, why would here. you jump like that if there no? W- like 
if the explosion didn't happen. Because my right. understanding Because I of, always like, thought that the reason that happened was because people were, yes, like, pushed by the getting force exploded. of the explosion. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's no... You don't just jump away from it. That's not, like, the move. That's, I mean, I sort, sort of, like, of get why you might jump away from it. But or, I think like, jumping is slower. Like, if you're trying to get away... I I know yeah because you do slow fact. down to make a jump you could because you have to like and how far are you like unless you're a long jumper I suppose like a Olympic level long jumper you're not gonna jump that far like yeah. I think arguably you would run way faster and farther running yeah that I is, think most average and they people, don't get very far away from the building no I think most average people would do better to just keep running as fast as they possibly could a hundred percent like. Because I'm not even a good jumper. Like, I don't think my jumping would take me that much farther away than if I just kept running as fast as I possibly could. The other other part of it is now you've jumped and, like, smashed your face onto the ground. Right. You've committed. And you're probably injured. being in that spot. Like, you can't get any farther away. Yeah. You can't get farther away and your legs are now broken maybe. Like I like Yeah. Or your yeah. face is broken. Like it's very not the way Or it you're goes. just but generally disoriented from having fallen down jumped. or something. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's really not the move. Like yeah. and the thing is if you've if you're in a building and you think it's about to explode, you're probably not even going to be able to run no. fast enough. Like you're going to no. get exploded. Yeah. Sorry um, to tell you. <laughs> I know. I agree with you. So, but what they discover is, like, they jump out. Nothing happens. The device has counted down. But instead, what has happened is that the sh- the escape pod gets blown up out in the field. Mm. And, again, the whole point is that these bad guys want to disappear. And they want all evidence of their existence to not exist. So that's mm-hmm. what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um. The final scene, we're back at the mountain base at SG-1, and um, Martin, finally, they're like, okay, this is, you are correct. You are from another planet, um, and we've, and the symbols that you gave us are the coordinates to get the Stargate going to take you to this other planet. And this is when Martin fully now remembers what has happened, I guess because probably, like, all of the various drugs have cleared from his system. Uh-huh. And he's like, so that thing about how we came to this planet to look for help and then discovered you couldn't help us, like, me and these other guys kind of, like, despaired at seeing that reality because the I guess the war was real bad. And so we actually deserted. We basically escaped to Earth to avoid being a part of this war. That's mm-hmm. So we ran away in the escape pod. So, like... The big ship that he came o- came to Earth on was gone. They got away in the escape pod. They buried the escape pod and were based. And I guess presumably probably made some kind of a promise to each other of like, now we're just gonna live on Earth. We're gonna go our separate ways. We're never gonna discuss this. You know, like we live here now. But mm-hmm. Martin kept bringing up to them. He was like, after some amount of time, he regretted that choice and All felt right. bad about it. And so. That's when they started suppressing his memory. Got it, got it. Because okay. they wanted to stay hidden and never return to this okay. war. Um, That's fair. Slash never get punished for deserting or anything. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go through the gate 
to Martin's world. It's completely destroyed. Um, I guess, presumably, there aren't any humans left on that planet, though we don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the war is complete and utter de- devastation, and so I Martin returns to Earth, having learned that. And that mm-hmm. is the show. Well done. Well... I will say, like, before you ask the final questions, um, I did enjoy this show more than I thought I would. Will I go back and watch other episodes? Probably not. Like, things like, like, I don't need to. But I I was nervous about the sound of it. (laughs) And I I think I even said to you, like, this sounds like something I'll probably hate. And I ended up not hating it. Um, That's good. So... And Willie Garson, is that his name? Willie Garson? Yeah. Yeah. He was a big reason for that for me. <laughs> like, That's I fair enjoy enough. him. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, like, scrolling through the different options, I was like, this should have some of the stuff that Amy can digest more easily, like it's on Earth. Yeah, that <laughs> was a big, that was mostly the big one. about humans. And yes. it's got this guy who is very, like, re- I mean, really him plus... Richard Dean Anderson. I was like, I think this will probably be all right. Like, yeah. um, but so yes, let's turn our attention to yawns and eye rolls. One yawn yeah. being, I was engaged by this, no notes, and ten yawns being, uh, I absolutely could not care at all about this, and I have lots of notes. What would you do? Oh wow. Okay. I think I would say for me is probably about like a three. Oh, like that's not, pretty good. Yeah, no, not too yawny. Um, I mean, I a couple times like checked in to see how much time was left, but um, <laughs> I mean, I do that with the best of shows, so that's not Indeed. saying much. Um, so yeah, I might have like a few notes, but that, but nothing large. Yeah, I might even go full one on this one. Hmm. Um. Because it kept things going. I didn't yeah. feel like, oh, God, how long is it? How many more minutes or anything? <laughs> um, and I guess probably that's because, like, there really, there's no B story here. Like, there's no. just one story. And it keeps yeah. clicking along pretty well. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of eye rolls, one eye roll being, I bought into this world. Totally fine. <laughs> no problems there. Um or I bought into the premise, maybe, is a way to say it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 10 eye rolls is just, like, absolutely not. I, like, can't can't believe this, even at all. What would you do? Yeah. I think maybe three to four again. Um, hmm. The only thing that holds me back a bit is that I literally didn't know what a Stargate was until, like, we talked about it. That's a bit of a trouble. (laughs) That part part missed me a little bit, although it seems obvious now that I should have known that. They did, I felt like they kept saying Stargate a lot, and I was like, don't know what they're talking about. Um, So that part missed me a little bit, but um, that might not be the fault of the show itself, so I'll give it some wiggle room. (laughs) Yeah, I think, again, I, I did buy this and it wasn't super eye rolly some of the stuff in other episodes has been more heavy-handed than this one Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so i think i'm gonna give it like a two because conspiracy theories are absolutely things people believe in um yeah you know like the the idea of like 
soldiers deserting a war also real um and then again like born of the kind of like grounding in actual like air force procedures and protocol i think goes a long way to making this be like this could get pretty nuts and still feel (laughs) fairly grounded which i think is quite a lot of like what other episodes seem to uh, yeah investigate um Mm. So you already said you liked this pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. So then the follow-up is, would you recommend it? Well, here's what I would have to say about that is, like, I don't think I would have to. I think if you're anybody mm. who likes or knows sci-fi stuff, you already know about this show from what it sounds like. Yeah, um, I think that's right. Yeah. And I am not, the again, I am not the one that would go around recommending sci-fi super often to people, but... Um, I mean, if you want to check out this episode, I think it's fun to see Willie Garson. If you're a fan of him, if you are a fan of nineties looking things, right. (laughs) You could check this out. But other than that, I think people already like this is on their radar. I don't need to recommend it for them. That's, that's fair. Um, I, I liked it. I, again, I probably am with you. Like, I think it's unlikely that it needs our recommendation. Um, and I would, but I would add to it. It's on Netflix. So it's super low hanging fruit to find. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then what I would say, maybe the part of the recommendation I would say is not only do you like nineties, not only are you in the sci-fi, I almost feel like whether you're into sci-fi or not, you may enjoy this show if what you want is what is harder and harder to find these days. We're like, just give me like a really digestible That's thing true. and I just want to watch it for 45 minutes. And It's probably a good I, nap show. I'm not going to lie. I could see that. an excellent nap show. I've already <laughs> tested that out. <laughs> That's um, important. Yeah. So, like, that, to me, is, like, a major recommendation when something kind of fits that bill because, um, at least for me, I'm often on the hunt for shows like that (laughs) because I kind of go through periods where I'll, like, go maybe through, like, an even 15 to 20 episode run of one show like that and then I get kind of bored Mm -hmm. of it and I want to, like, do a different one. Mm -hmm. Um, So it really lends itself to that (laughs) and I would actually say even though it is a good napping show it's also a good awake show like yeah 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 I know um (laughs) like yeah but like unlike some other ones like even just thinking more recently of like earth final conflict like I kind of care more about whatever is happening in this storyline than I do with earth final conflict even though they are of a very similar era they do a lot of the same kind of stuff you know, yeah. Um, this feels to me like more legitimately entertaining than that. Yeah, was. that's fair. Um, yeah. So yeah, if you've somehow missed this show in your life, you may want to give it a little try. Um, mm-hmm. And that's it from us. I am Sarah, and I'm here with Amy, and we will see you next week in space. 
thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in Space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.